Hi, this is Braden Holpe. Hey, this is Tanner the Bulldozer Bozer. Hi, this is Brian Burke from Toronto, Ontario. This is Daryl Sutter. Hello, everyone. I'm Carly Agro from Sportsnet Central. This is Jay Onright. This is Quick Dick Quick Dick coming to you from Tufnell, Saskatchewan. Hey, everybody. My name is Steel Fleury. This is Kelly Rudy. This is Corey Cross. This is Wade Redden. This is Jordan Tutu. My name is Jim Patterson. Hey, it's Ron McLean, Hockey Net in Canada and Rogers Hometown Hockey, and welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. Man, the week is just cruising by. I don't know where the day the days are going. All I can think is spring, hopefully, is getting an awfully lot closer. Uh, today, we got the House of Pain in studio, so I hope you'll kick back and relax and enjoy some stories from the past. But before we get there, let's get to today's episode sponsors. Jen Gilbert and team for over 40 years since 1976, the dedicated realtors of Coldwell Banker, Cityside Realty, have served Lloydminster and the surrounding area. They are passionate about our community and they pride themselves on giving back through volunteer opportunities and partnerships, supporting many charitable causes over the years. The culture of Coldwell is awesomeness. Their award-winning premier office franchise combined with their knowledgeable, diligent, and friendly team are here to support you through every step of the process. They know home is truly where awesomeness happens. Coldwell Banker, Cityside Realty, for everything real estate, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 780-875-3343. The boys over at HSI Group. They are the local oil field burners and combustion experts that can help make sure you have a compliance system working for you. The team also offers security, surveillance, and automation products for residential, commercial, livestock, and agricultural applications. If you are sitting at your house right now going, I don't know what I'd need HSI for. Well, if you're looking into security systems, or maybe you've had that salesman come around and trying to offer up this, that, and the other thing, why not keep it local? The boys are just here in town. They can stop by, get you hooked up. It is slick. We still use, or we have the fob keys here at uh, the studio. You just swipe, in you go. Um, now for a house, uh, we're talking surveillance, cameras, getting it all hooked up to your phone, that type of thing, so you can know what's going on uh, at all times and have peace of mind, right? They use technology to give you that peace of mind, so you can focus on the things that truly matter. Uh, stop in today, 3902 52nd Street, or give Brody or Kim a call at 306-825-6310. T1 Ranch Supply. They offer steel windbreakers, steel fence posts, 3.5 inch, 4.5 inch, 7 inch, steel paneling, and steel gates. They offer corral building, but they can also just give you the supplies and you build it yourself. They wanted me to highlight the steel windbreaker, guardrails on a steel frame 24 feet by 8 feet high. Thing is impressive, shall we say. Give Jason a call at 780-205-2809 or shoot him an email, jason.newman at tbar1.com. They will last so long, you can put them in your will. It's all steel, folks. It ain't going anywhere. Jim Spenrath and team over at Three Trees Tap and Kitchen. Did you know, if you follow them on social media, they give away a gift card to one lucky follower every single week just by following them. So if you hop on their social media and follow along with them, you, all you got to do is just interact, and there's a good chance that you can uh, win a free meal, all right, or a gift card towards a meal. Or how about the Growlers filled uh, there at their location? I'm talking Fourth Meridian, Ribstone Creek. And, you know, I got asked, well, wait, do they do they fill any other types of Growlers? Like, do they got, you know, different types of beer? Oh, yeah. They got Guinness, Coors Light, Belgian Moon, Alexander Keese. Oh, and a couple of Three Trees on there as well. 
Canadian. Ah, nobody cares for Canadian. <laughs> Who am I kidding? All right? So you can go get growlers filled there. The team over there has been awesome. If you're looking for a reservation, call 780-874-7625. Crude Master Transport. Since 2006, Crude Master has been an integral part of our community. They are a leader in the oil and gas industry, but I want to shine a light on what they do behind the scenes for our community. Now, Heath and Tracy continue to give to projects, whether we're talking yours truly, the podcast, the Health Foundation, Minor Hockey, or other community initiatives, Crude Master, they're always thinking community first. SMP Billboard across from the UFA is just one of the things that Read and Write has done for me. Uh, if you've been in the studio or seen some pictures of the quote on the wall, the Joe Rogan quote, the SMP logo, or if you go down to, uh, I don't know, Factory Sports and see the cardboard cutout now of me sitting beside, that's right, some SMP hats and sweaters uh, sitting at Factory Sports. You can now get some gear. But that all uh, comes from Read and Write, the, 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 the images and the, the artwork and I got to give huge props to Mrs. Deanna Wandler um, for her hard work and, and dealing with my brain and how I am. Um, Gartner Management, they're a Lloydminster-based company specializing in all types of rental properties to help meet your needs. Whether you're looking for a small office or a 6,000-square-foot commercial space, give Wade Gartner a call, 780-808-5025. And if you head into any of these businesses, let them know you heard about them here. All right? Here is your T-Bar 1 tale of the tape. Both born in 1936, they've been married for over 60 years. Proud parents, community members, and avid farmers. I'm talking about Bernard and Mona Payne. So buckle up, because here we go. It is August 9th, 2020. Today I'm joined by Bernard and Mona Payne. So first off, thanks for coming in. You're welcome. Now... I guess you were both born in 1936. What are some of the things you remember when you were first growing up? Well, one thing I remember was going back to the war is my uncle was, Burton Younger, was called into the war. So that's the part I remember about it. Were you remember him actually being called to the war? No, no. In the war, I should say, yeah, because he was called in 40, so I would only be four. Only four, yeah, yeah. yeah. And did he survive? Yeah. And what part of the, what was he called, what part, Navy, Air Force? Uh, Army. Army. Yeah. Did he ever talk about it? A little bit, not overly. Frank Creech talked a little bit more about it than him. At the exhibition meetings, odd time we'd get into a conversation. <clears throat> it, uh, maybe it was just hard times they talked about. What do you think about the times that we're currently in? Not good. You ever seen anything? You both are 84, correct? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm 80. For in uh, November. Isn't that right? I shouldn't yeah. be talking. Yeah. You were born, yeah. So, in your lives, have you ever seen anything quite like what we're going through? 
No, I'd have to say this is hard. Actually, very hard times. Yeah, and we're not through with it yet. It's a problem. I don't remember much about uh, my early years. Just mom worrying about the war. I remember when her son was born. She says, "Oh my goodness, now I might lose my boy to fight." But. That's the only thing. There would have been uh, back then. You wouldn't have had a TV out on the out on the farmsteads. No. Nope. You wouldn't have had. Uh, you would have had a radio, I assume. Right. Yeah. Do for, you do you remember listening to the radio for reports? Anything along that lines? Not much. We used to listen to Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> listen to what now? Fibber McGee and Molly. That isn't that it? Right. I don't know. And. Uh, the Lone Ranger in Toronto. Right. <laughs> Mom and Dad didn't talk about it much. That we, I don't remember. Adjusting. So it was on the radio then, that was the, uh, just like a little, almost skit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, half an hour. Where whereabouts did both of you grow up? I assume Bernard, you were out in Greenwood. Yeah. And I was in the Durness district in Alberta. And whereabouts would that That's be? Just um, two miles west of the TV tower. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what was life? What was life for a kid like back then? It was just fun. That's what I remember: horseback riding and. Planting a garden, and we had garden clubs. We were in 4-H garden club. I'm not sure it was called 4-H then, but... don't think so. For, for the kids, I think we didn't. We just grew. We had chores. And you remember what some of the chores you had to do was? Get the wood in. When be, for, for the fire and and feed the chickens, gather the eggs. What do you think of kids today? <laughs> they have life pretty easy. <laughs> they have life easy, but they're very and they're a lot smarter than we were were somehow. Do you think so? Well, in a different way. How so? Stay at the mic. Huh? I I guess it's all the technician they have stuff stuff to work with, like the adding machines and s- cell phones and you can't stump them on a question. So does that make them smarter then? Do you think? Well. It allows them to have a device that makes them... Yeah. Yeah. I listened to some of the chores you're doing and some of the work you would have had to do and the stuff you you would have known manual labor-wise and how to milk cows and That's right. eggs milk and cows. Put, in the, put in the fields and harvest the fields and pull that all out. And yeah. We were girls, two girls, and we learned to stook. Stook bales, and not bales, but sheaves. 
Yeah. All I remember mainly of the young days is stacking bales. We used to put up 5,000 bales a year. 5,000? Yeah, and that was a lot of bales when you handled every one. We had the feedlot then. We went through quite a few. And everybody helped? Yeah. How many how many siblings did you each have? Two. I two. I have a I had a brother and I have my sister still living. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Bernard? I got two girls. Two, two sisters. sisters. So the each of you came from three. Yeah. yeah. Well, our parents knew each other too because they used to visit the parents of our parents. They visited them. So how how when did you guys meet then? <laughs> <laughs> when we were about fourteen. <laughs> well, we knew each other before, but we were kids, and we didn't know who we, you know. Our parents visited their grandparents, like were uh, from not too far apart, and they visited. So we visited with them. I took her out when we were 16, and then we went together to her 21 got married. <laughs> At 21, you got married, so that yeah. would have been? 1956. You were 20 and I was 19, but we both turned to How many years does that put it at? No, I'm doing the math in my head, and I've been very... 64. We've been married 64 years this last July. So what can you tell me? What words of advice come out of 64 years? Well, I can say that we had hard times, and we had some very good times. Seems like the older we've got, the better the times have got. Like the last three years, the boys, they won three trucks with the cattle. Things like that make it very interesting. Where did you get married? In St. John's Anglican Church. Just a little closer to the mic there, Mona. St. John's Anglican Church in Lloydminster. Talk straight into the mic. Oh, did I? I talked away from it. (laughs) (laughs) Say it again. No, all good. Did you have a big wedding? Well, to us it was a big wedding. We had uh, uh, got married and then had a lunch on the farm, our farm in Alberta. I'd say 150. And then we went on a short honeymoon. Where'd you go? To Banff, down to, to actually to Jasper, and then down to Banff, right? Yeah. And then back home. And what were you driving back then? <laughs> 52 GMC after with an old camper, wooden camper on the back. That's so you guys camped? Yeah. What did you guys think? Through the Jasper Banff Trail, what was that road like back then? It was pretty good, yeah. The worst of the rain come in the sides of the camper and everything was wet. <laughs> came in the sides of the camper? What do you mean? 
Well, no, no, in the roof yeah. pump. Huh? It was leaking through the roof. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. On the corner of the roof. It would leak a little. Yeah. Stopped to go to bed, and the bed was wet. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't too rosy. A little different uh, compared to these days where oh, you... Well, night and day difference. You know, these days, for a honeymoon, well, I just take myself. We went to Mexico, and I well, we don't we don't have a camper. We just you know, if we're gonna go, we either tent or you hotel it. That's kind of the thing. But growing up, always growing up, we had a a camper in the back of the truck, and you roll out to the mountains, and nobody ever really thought about going too much further than that. No. How about how about school? When when you were growing up, what uh, I assume the one room schoolhouse. Yeah, both of us in a one room. Yeah. How there was thirty children at Greenwood? Thirty children at Greenwood. Yeah, and twenty one of us were cousins. <laughs> Canes. <laughs> so nothing's changed. No. When, it, when you look back at the one-room schoolhouse, what's some things you, that stick out or you can tell the listener about? You go ahead. Well, it was pretty interesting. We all had a friend, usually in your grade, your, and we didn't have as big a... I think we had about 18 at Durness. And uh, we, they, we had a picnic every year. We always looked at that in a Christmas concert. Then we worked for the month of December on the concert. We loved that. We didn't have any schoolwork. And then we had the, asked every parent to come. And then the, pic was, the picnic was at the end of the school year. And just a wiener rose, nothing extravagant, but enjoyable. We rode horseback to school. Two and a half miles. One way? One way. One way. Do you remember what time school started back then? Well, I think nine it was nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Yeah. How about how about electricity? Did you have anything no, not till nineteen fifty one. Not till nineteen fifty one? No. At our place. Some other people had electricity, but the, then I think the big signing up was at 51. In Alberta, we were in 53. So what was, what was the, what did you think when you got electricity? Well, all you needed was one plug-in was the best thing, and now these houses all got one plug-in. <laughs> you haven't got enough plug-ins. Is it well, uh, we needed one for an iron and one for a kettle, and that that mom thought that was wonderful. That was the first electrical things was an iron yes. and a kettle. Yeah. What about discipline in the school? Did you ever get the strap yes. or the? Well, do share. 
Yeah, I got it once. I got it once, too, for something I didn't do, but uh, so I didn't like the teacher very well. <laughs> <laughs> but they did get the strap, and it never hurt us, I don't think. There was some kids got it quite a few times. Slow learners. Well, yeah. Yeah. When you see how far we've come now with discipline and not being able to even pretty much touch a kid, what are your guys' thoughts on that? It's good in one way, and I, it bothers me in another way, I think. Maybe gone just a little too far. I kind of feel sorry for the teachers at times. Well, I can just imagine 21 pains in a school and trying not to... <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> How about growing up with sports? Did you uh, dabble in playing anything growing up? Did you have hobbies that way? Yeah, we had a sports day that we'd, our, each school would get together and compete once a year in June. First of June. So did we have a sports day. We went to Streamstown, and, and before we went there, we had to pick the best, like do the things that you're doing, and take just the first and seconds. Not everybody got to go. And we had we had a ball team. We played some of the neighbors in schools, but just just competition. There was nothing big prizes or anything. The honor was a red ribbon. Wintertime was just uh, skating on a slough and we'd get together for wiener roasts and that. And other than that, Christmas was a big deal when you got together. Everybody got together, family? Your family, yeah. yeah. I feel like when I when I talk to the generations before me, if there's one day that sticks out, it was Christmas time out in the out in the country. Yeah. All the family would pile into a little two bedroom house and get cozy and yeah. laughter and smiles and everything else. Is there a Christmas that sticks out to either of you that was uh, enjoyable for different reasons or? No, all all in the worry because we looked forward. To, the dads got up and did the Irish polka, and everybody did all of, you know, until we were to grade nine, and then we went to we went from our school to uh, Kitscotty to a dormitory and stayed there the week, and then went home on Friday. And then we went back Monday morning. Uh, we worked with the two of the neighbors, took the, the six of us, that we'd go. And that was good. I've heard uh, Shepard tell me about the, the where you boarded in Kid Scotty. Yeah, yeah the, the, the girls' dorm and the boys' dorm. Second year I was there, for that, uh, there was too many girls. So the upstairs in the boys' dorm became the grade 11 girls' dorm. That was a bit of a handful for the matron. 
little late night shenanigans yeah, going on? A little bit. What did you think of going, uh, essentially boarding away from your parents? Well, did you enjoy that? Well, that was a big thing. If we weren't didn't get home on a weekend, we were just done up. <laughs> In other words, I was rushing home to see him because he was my boyfriend then. Do you remember what your first date was? Yeah, we went to the theater held hands <laughs> and mom and dad they waited in the car till the show was over and we came home he went home with his parents and i went home with ours mine do you remember what movie you went to probably randolph scott <laughs> western movie anyway <laughs> yeah. was it a drive-in no it was in the empress empress the yeah. old real and then real the theater. real theater opened up, too. And you're right, we did go to the drive-in, too, after. The, well, when Bernie got old enough to drive. What was your first car, Bernie? 28 Chev. I bought it after thrashing with my wages. <laughs> How much were you earning thrashing? And I had to get my dad to drive it home, and we took her home. And then when I went home, I was... Month, I think, or two months off, 16. We made uh, $5 a day thrashing. Was that a good wage? Well, I guess then it was. How much did you pay for it, the 28 chef? $200. It's a fair amount of days. It was quite a bit then. Yeah. I took all my thrashing reaches, I know that. <laughs> and we drove it, and then I bought a 38 chef. How about gas? How expensive was gas back then? Well, if I remember right, it was in that 30 bracket, 32, 34 cents. A gallon, not a liter. A gallon, not a, a liter. Yeah. You talk about thrashing. Uh, you've in your lifetime have seen on the farming side a crazy amount of change in size of units, cost of units. I mean, the ability to just farm more land uh, as a single farm than ever before. Yeah. What uh, what piece of machinery? came out and you were like oh that is a godsend or that is amazing we've been couldn't have dreamt that up but i'm glad we got it well to me it was the combine to get away from thrashing could you talk about thrashing you know i've out on the newman farm we have a a thrashing machine just kind of sitting there on a hill and as a kid i've probably driven by it climbed on it everything a million times but to see one live and working out on the field, maybe you could walk us through a little bit of that. Yeah, well, my dad owned a thrashing outfit, and we thrashed about 10 neighbors. And uh, there was eight teams with haul bundles, like, mm-hmm. four to a side. And there was a field pitcher to help speed it up. So you would you would you... Fork 
everything onto it then? Yeah. Everything was done with a fork. Loading on. How many how many how many people would it take to do a field? To like thrash a field, like fork it along. Well, it'd be the eight, eight teams, like and draw men, and a field pitcher, nine people. And nine then, people. Then the fellow running the machine and the separator, two people. So eleven people. Eleven people, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. That is an operation. Yeah. It was a fairly big thrash machine. There was smaller ones that took four people, but... Did you enjoy those days? Yeah, you did. You got together with everyone. In the morning, it was early. You had to get up and work, get your horses ready. And 6 o'clock, because you had to be ready to have breakfast at 7 and go to the field at 8. Was it pulled then by horses, a thrashing machine? No, a tractor. A tractor? Yeah. And how long would you work for? How long would a day be? If you're out there for 8 and... Uh, 6 o'clock at night in the evening. So 10 hours of... 8, no, we didn't start thrashing until 8. 8, So uh-huh. it would be to 6. Yeah. And an hour for dinner. Did you ever take afternoon naps then? You didn't get much of a chance. <laughs> <laughs> The odd place where we went, we had to sleep in a barn in a loft in a barn, two farms. Because a distance away from home it was? Yeah. Do you remember the day that you got your first combine? Pretty well, yeah. And what did you think of that? Like, to just be like, well, we don't have to hire back 12 guys this year. Well, we started with a small one, so we we did half combine and half thrashing. And then we got a large one we ran away with the thrash machine. Did you think you'd pick the short straw when you got put on the thrashing crew and not on the combine? Well, it made you wonder. <laughs> I did the combine most of the time, but I guess I was spoiled probably. <laughs> How about uh, you guys, you get married... You go on your honeymoon, and then you decide to have six boys. Did you always want a large family? No. <laughs> I was going to have a perfect family, a boy and a girl. You just wanted two? Yeah. <laughs> quite a difference. That's quite a difference. But we've enjoyed them all. Our, our our thrashing and that was much the same as theirs. Only we were small, did it as a small, smaller operation like it. They did most of it themselves. They didn't go around and do that. And the women were always busy because they took out dinner to the field and lunch to the field. And they pack it up. Our boys would now would turn their nose up if you landed in the field with a big box of sandwiches and you dig in. They would wonder how you eat it. You know they're picky. They're they're picky to sandwiches. Well, it's everybody all over dust and grain and and they're all eaten out of the. <laughs> but it was good. 
You know, one of my fondest memories as a kid growing up was harvest time when mom would bring us out supper and it'd all be, I don't know, I always think mushed together and just, way you go. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what, what was about that, but that was, I always thought that was awesome as a yeah. kid. We did that for a long time too. After. I don't know why our crew, we shut down and went into the house for supper. Well, probably proximity. Yeah. Uh, maybe. It was a lot easier for the women, to, you know, to have it in the house and pack it out to the field. They brought lunches out morning and afternoon. Yeah. Did you keep uh, mixed farm? Did you have lots of animals? Yeah, we had cattle. Well, not you know, not many cattle, hmm. but your dad had pigs. Pigs. Ducks and geese and chickens and yeah. and the, when they're th- thrashing, the wife is meant to look after all that. Men have no time. They swear. We remember doing that with a. I remember with mom. She milked cows. My sister had a thing of fainting every time something went wrong so she had to put her in the in the manger so if she hadn't fall off anything so she t- <laughs> yeah and then it gradually got so that you didn't have to milk cows you bought your milk and but those were good days when you think back on them you weren't worrying about going somewhere and that you didn't need to really. Nowadays you've got to take part. I think it's one of the interesting things that happened. Even I'll even put my hand up. Uh, uh, with the COVID lockdown that happened where nobody could go anywhere and no sports could happen, and no school could go on, and no work could happen, and everybody just got locked in their house. Don't go see anybody else but your own family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you, you, you realized, geez, don't mind this too much. Just being around my family is quite enjoyable. Although there was probably other people who went, man, I can't stand this. I need to get out of here. <laughs> but a lot of people realized pretty quick that, you know, the little place where we hang our hat at night ain't so bad and we don't need to be going 100 miles an hour. No, that's right. What I, what I felt the worst was coming in for coffee. I missed my coffee and visiting with the boys. Yeah, because you're older and got so he could go and do, you go and do that. He did miss it. He had the coffee with me all day. <laughs> <laughs> where do you go for coffee? A co-op. Oh, a co-op guy. Okay. Yeah. And what time in the morning are you up for that? No, I went in the afternoon. Oh, you're an afternoon coffee. Yeah. Yeah, since his health got poor, he's not an early riser because he doesn't sleep good. I have to ask, in your coffee row, what are the conversations of, what's the topic of conversations most days? Well, that's hard to believe. You never know what might come out. 
Do you guys talk about the old days a lot, or are you talking? No, more and more what's happening now. now. Odd time old days, if something comes up, somebody's sick, you know, and then you get talking about their family or something, hmm. you know. But you never know what's going to come up. You know, I got, I'll probably repeat this phrase a thousand times in the next hour, but over the span of 80 four years i was thinking you know you you had the radio and the television comes out and you have the paper that's how you find your news and then the television kind of you know you got the evening news can you wrap your head around what we got right now with the ability to have a phone that can just basically connect you with anywhere in the world and you know as soon as anything happens it immediately beeps your hand and is that a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, it's definitely a good thing, I think. Yeah. But we uh, look back though, and I we wonder how do what did we do every all winter long when the you know it's dark, and you just sit in the house. Well, I know we didn't get the television right away, but how could you manage without now? You know, what do you do? You watch television. Well, back then we played cards yeah, most of the time. A lot of cards. We did too. What was the game of choice back then in cards? Canasta mm. was one of the main ones. And a crib for two people. There were different kinds of games too that other people had. That Yeah. There was a bridge cup party. Yeah, bridge Yeah. Well, you think? Well, it, I, sorry. No. Are those kids with their? Uh, I think they're. I'm not sure these phones are so great when they just sit there, come in here and they're click, click, click. Hmm. You're way too far away. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm saying anything. I can't enjoy this. <sighs> yeah, it's it's interesting. They don't know yeah. how to ha- sit and have a conversation. We haven't got it, one. We, we haven't got a. A new phone? No. You're better for uh, I don't know. I think you're better for it. It, it becomes it becomes a real um, emergency. It, it, it just it, oh. it, it it's it's a habit. Your brain in the back of your brain, you're constantly checking it point. and just looking, and you can't yeah. even when you want to, unless you physically put it away. Well, we got two grandsons in the yard, both with good ones, and their mother has a, one and. Uh, you know, there's four f- uh, of those phones in the yard. So Bernie and I said, well, we don't really need one. Surely somebody would be handy. <laughs> Boy, some people look at you and think, what the hell's wrong with you not <laughs> have a phone? <laughs> yeah. We have two, three phones in the house. Oh, so, yeah, but that's... But that's can we talk about you guys having six boys in a two-bedroom house? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter to us. As long as they were boys, it was fine. We started out with uh, Bern and I, and the first baby were all in the li- a little room. And then there was just a, a room with, with as the kitchen and dining room were all in one. And then we built on a... 
the second boy came along, we built on a piece that was quite a bit bigger, had a living room and a big bedroom. So that bedroom, you, you meant we had the, all the boys were in one, one big room and we were in the little room. And it worked because we had uh, two sets of bunks. One bunk set was a, a wide one and there was two on the bottom and two on top and the other bunk set was narrow so the it was just one on each, and that means the six boys. That's how we managed. And no bathroom. That is something that's the best thing that you could have. And no porch. In wintertime. I think the bathroom was the big thing. Yeah. Going to that outside toilet was, in the <laughs> winter, was kind of cool. <laughs> All the daughter-in-laws just shake their head. Oh dear. But we managed fine. But every move up was very well accepted. <laughs> so you had an outhouse for a bathroom? Yeah, old Eaton's catalog for toilet paper. And when Eaton's catalog for toilet paper? Yeah. And when it was 30 below, them paper eating catalog got pretty stiff. <laughs> we didn't have that a lot. We got, the, saved all the apple papers and the uh, Christmas oranges. Orange paper, that, that they were nice. <laughs> that was a treat. Yeah. So was toilet paper too expensive back then? Just, uh, we just I never don't know why. I can't mm -hmm. answer that. Because you go around to the neighbors and they're like, nobody had toilet paper, eh? So I don't know why. So none of the neighbors had toilet paper? No. But that's that's quite a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, that's back, you know, way that's back. That's even back before our kids came. Yeah. We had, we had toilet paper when the, our kids came. Yeah, in 50. I'd say about 50, 50 the toilet paper come. Geez, they talk about the COVID toilet paper crisis. Back then, it would have been the Eaton's catalog. Make sure you don't let anybody steal that on you. Right. <laughs> what would you wash your dishes in? Did you have a kitchen sink? No, a dish pan. A dish pan. Oh, yeah, Grandma had one of those back in the day. Yeah. So you'd fill it up with water. You had a, a well then? Yeah. A lot of people have uh, had a pump and a cistern. Uh, underneath the house? That, yeah, they call it that. But we didn't have that. We did. Yeah, your mom and dad did. But so was the cistern just an open pit? Oh, no. No, it's under closed the in kitchen over, floor. right under the house, eh? Yeah. Yeah. We right up to the floor. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's made of cement, isn't it? Yeah, cement. To get water out of the cistern, though, would you pail it? No, it had a pump. Like it had a pump on it, too. Yeah, little hand pump. The big thing with those, you had to really watch when it started to get full, to get a heavy rain run over in your basement. That's when you really had to watch. Well, you had a basement, but my mom had a cellar, so you sure didn't want the cistern to run over because it was dirt. 
I take it from time to time the cistern ran over. Yes, she forgot to unhook it, or it rained so much that night. So was it hooked up then somehow to the roof? Roof water? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the way it went in, yeah. Do you remember uh, just off the eaves troughs somehow you had a yeah. piping that yeah. just ran it down That's to the... Right. Went into the cistern, yeah. Did you drink that water, the cistern water? No. No? No. no. We, you hauled your water with a pail for drinking. You just get clean water, pump it up from the well. How about... Um, Oh, I'm forgetting the word right now. But, uh, well, actually, cellars uh, to keep your, your canned goods for the year. Uh, I'd, I'd had Tom Hoffman on, and he talked about um, hauling ice up from the river and putting it down in... We had... That's what you we, did as we well? We called it an ice house. An ice house. A hole in the ground and then packed it full of ice and sawdust. So would you go to the river then and haul up ice too? No, from a slough south of a slough. Oh, yeah, duh. You got water around, yeah. So you yeah. chop up ice in the wintertime. It yeah. feels like uh, life back then, you always had a job to do to ensure that life was, well, lived. That's true, yeah. You're always doing some kind of a job. Yeah. And cut wood, you know, for the... Stoves. For, for the stoves? That was a big job. Cutting wood. Getting wood in, yeah. For for speaking of wood, for Christmas, would you cut down your own trees? Did you have a Christmas tree? No. We used to go up north, and my uncle used to go up and get a load and bring them down and sell them. From up north, like you're talking? Just straight across the river. Straight across the river. Hewitt's Landing, they called it. Yeah, Hewitt's Landing. So you'd go across the the ferry and, and chop down a bunch of trees, bring them back, and sell them. Yeah. We never did that. How did Dad just bought one usually, didn't he? Yeah. In, in Lloyd. They still did that and sold them in Lloyd. And sold them in Lloyd. They, they didn't get a whole bunch and sell. When you used to get together with a group of your friends, uh, what did you... I'm curious, like, did you talk about the day's happenings? Were you at all concerned about politics or um, the goings-on of the world? Or were you just, you know, we're, we got the field to bring in here this fall, and after that it's going to be wood, and after that it's going to be this. Did you ever sit and just talk about some issues my grandmother used to be a bad i call it a bad one for politics and she'd end up in an argument <laughs> so she, politics did come up then oh yeah she was a strong ccf and the rest of the family was against ccf <laughs> so they had their rumbles and ccf is ndp now? now ndp now yeah yeah. Bernie's family was so much bigger than ours. Like my dad didn't have no brothers and sisters, and my mom had uh, just two si two sisters and a brother, and that. So we didn't have big family gatherings very often. See, her mother's side was the man, so you'd know them. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 
We both originate from Barcelona, though. Do you uh, uh, do you remember your grand uh, the Barcelona? Do you remember your that'd be your grandparents then, correct? Yeah. Well, we had both of mine. We even kept my grandpa when we moved down to the other house. Oh, really? Yeah. Did he ever? Did they ever talk about uh, the travel across the trek to Lloydminster, anything like that? Oh, a little bit. I don't. We didn't. I blame myself for not wanting to listen. I think he would have. My grandpa would have definitely. He liked to talk. He passed away what two years after we were married, right? Yeah. yeah. Fifty-eight. And my grand grandmother, uh, she was a bar columnist, and she did, she did tell us a few stories. That Mum told us a lot of stories that she had told her. They had it rough, though. I don't know how they, they run out of money. The quarter of land that they homesteaded on was ten dollars. And he only had $5 to put down on it. So he had to work and pay it off the next year. And that year they lived on jackrabbits and prairie chickens. And their house, they started with building a log house with a floor and three logs and then put a tent inside it for the winter. And then put a, a tent inside of it? Yeah, that was, they didn't get any more logs. Because they had to bring the logs down from the river, right? Imagine how cold that was. So. The two families in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure makes you think when somebody goes, I got friends like this. Here, You'll hear it probably, uh, well, you'll hear it all the time. Is, you know, I just need a bigger house. And all I got to do is sit and listen to that story and go, man, they would have, you could have had 10 families in the houses we have now. Yeah, we have. Yeah. And now we're starting to hear the odd ones saying, oh, I wish I hadn't built such a big house. Oh, now i got a lot of housework. Yeah. Got to watch that way. Yeah. The change in the system, you know, the bigger the house, and it becomes too much work. Everybody wants an easy life. Not everybody, I guess, but a lot of people. Because they're involved in, they get involved in so many things. Bernie gets involved in too many things. I was going to say, you guys were involved in quite a bit. I wasn't a lot. I had six to look after. (laughs) That's involved in quite a bit. Yeah. Well, they were good boys. I had a belt. Did you have did you have to use the belt on the no, boys? Just a note, just give it a squat on there. And do you want that? No. She had the belt above the fridge and if she was going for the fridge, they'd just straighten up right now. <laughs> then he'd come in and spoil everything because he hadn't had a play with them. Oh, so it's Bernard's fault. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think everybody wanting an easy life breeds problems? 
It must do somewhere because uh, there, there's still work to be done. It's funny how brothers are so different, though, too. In our family, like in their way, in their ways, and what yeah. they like and what they want to do. We got the two grandchildren there now. Scott's two boys. They're not going to leave the farm. They say. So I don't know. Raising six children, what were the things you worried about? And uh, when it comes to mind right now, uh, um, drugs is pretty prevalent. Um, drinking and driving is pretty prevalent. Getting tied up in the wrong friend group, I guess I would say, and them leading you down a dark path, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or uh, just, so, well, and honestly, it, and now you start to hear more and more about, uh, oh, kids being molested or things like that yeah. are, are growing uh, with your children growing up were what were some of the things at that time and age that you worried about or uh were there many things you worried about with them oh definitely i worried about drugs because everybody said when they went to junior high that's when they could become involved in them but i haven't had any trouble never had any trouble with drugs we used to worry about it though oh yeah because we had two or three of the neighbor's kids quite bad in them, and that makes it a little harder. Was there anything you did to try and steer them away from it? Keep them busy. <laughs> I mean, and there's lots of work to do on a farm, usually anything. High school, too, uh, making sure they didn't go to school with too much money, because that way they could buy the drugs, eh? Hmm. And usually, if they had very little money, they didn't bother them for drugs, eh? Yeah. And a few things went on that we never knew that nowadays we've heard them tell little things that... (laughs) Well, kids are pretty good. I'm sure you two had something you hid from your parents for a long time. Yeah. Speaking of which, what what did you do for mischief back in the day? What was your uh, way of breaking the rules with your parents? I didn't break the rules. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> my problem was with my mother. I, I used to seek the odd drink by the odd bottle, and she didn't think much of that when I was 14. <laughs> what was the drink back then? Was it beer, or was uh, it something yeah, else? Beer and wine. And wine. You could buy a bottle of wine for 60 cents. 60 cents? Yeah, and then we could afford that. And where and and from Lloyd or was there a place out no, uh, Lloyd from Lloyd? Yeah. And I was never had run into that drinking. We never had no home brew in our area. It was north. Had to get up around Jumbo Hill to get into the home brew. <laughs> They had school um, district dances that we all went to, and people got high there, but it didn't bother us because we were young and thought they were funny. For for smoking weed. Or whatever they were doing. Fair. <laughs> yeah. 
That used to be a big thing. Your beer at dances in those days would freeze in the sleigh box or the cutter or the back of the truck. He was the one that got into trouble, not me. <laughs> yeah. And my oldest kids were pretty, pretty good, really. They were all good. They've all had their little just, uh, missed accidents and ups and downs and we lost our oldest son we only have five left mm -hmm. and, he, and he he left us with a son and three boys and, and uh, the girl remarried Kevin and his two brothers. Kevin's an ardent ball player and sports fan. And they seem to be doing pretty good. And he married an ace girl. He plays with the Meridian Twins. But okay. Not, I think there's nothing worse than losing a child, even if he was a man. <laughs> I assume then that was probably one of the toughest days? Yep. You know, you bring up sports. Uh, all your kids, I believe, were pretty active in the sports, were they not? Yeah. Was uh, hockey as big as it is now, back then? Well, or were there school hockey then, eh? In, the, in, yeah. in Lloyd Lake here, in local teams, like. Yeah. I coached them for nine years. You coached your kids for nine years. Did you have a line of pains? How close were they? How close were all six of them? Well, Just about average two years apart, right? Uh, we had six kids in ten years. <laughs> the last two. <laughs> it's nineteen sixty-four and nineteen seventy-four. Nineteen. You got you got no running water. You got six kids in a two-bedroom house. You guys well, should win about twelve it would awards. Be about four kids then. We got the water. Yeah. yeah no, we got the. Uh, running water in 63 when Rocky was born. Yeah, that before. How excited were you when you got running water? Oh, it was just great. I could just throw it out the door and to not have to go and carry it up. But we melted a lot of ice lake and that. We always had it that was about for washing, like we would melt ice and... About 100 yards to the well from our house to haul the water. How many times a day would you do that? Oh, we were pretty careful with it. Yeah, Twice a day. We were pretty stingy with the water. Nobody wasted any. Does it pain you today then to see how much water is oh, wasted? It's terrible. Turn the tap on. We've got to get it cold. And then the water's running out. That, I've given my kids heck. Come on, now you don't need it. I'll put a, I, there's a nice jug in the fridge. It's hard, though, when, when you don't remember those times. Yeah. Right? When you turn on the faucet and it just runs. Yeah. And now they got things that make it instantly hot, right? And just, yeah. you just, you know, 
you have a hard time understanding what some people, oh, well, what time before this was like. And we're, t- we're all terrible in the fact that if it was bad five years ago, you, you slowly forget the bad years. Yeah, I can't even remember how I bathed all the kids. <laughs> it was such a zoo. Did you, with six, six kids, did you have diapers? Did you do cloth diapers? What did you do? You did cloth diapers. Cloth diapers. Because uh, you couldn't afford to do the others. Buy like those. At least we couldn't. Wash diapers every day or every two days. When you didn't have a dryer, you froze them and hoped they'd freeze good. Then lift the thing out and let them freeze and then lift it back in with the diapers on. Usually I always have diapers in the front room, hanging and drying. <laughs> and clothes, nobody, clothes rack stuck in the middle of the floor. Nobody comes, so it didn't matter. <laughs> I just love to see these kids try and do what we used six. to carry out the ashes and keep the fire going. 58, we had a bunch of steers and the cattle went, I forget, was it a mad cow disease or something? We lost, we had a tough year, two years after that, damn, you lost the farm over it. Yeah. And when, and when you say you almost lost the farm, uh, what were some of the things going on that... Um, Food was scarce. Well, obviously, money was scarce. Can't say we ever went hungry. Well, that's one thing, being on a farm, you always got something to eat, you know. Big, gar- big gardens? Big garden, yeah. You shared a big garden. Yeah, Mom the deep freeze is a wonderful thing. I, I canned a lot, but I, it wasn't very enjoyable canning. You know, I'm I'm reading a book right now about Jim uh, Pattison, and he talks about Saskatoon during the the dirty thirties and and tent cities and people being broke and not having a job and starving and and the Saskatoon gave everybody everybody that was unemployed. I can't remember the exact word now. I'm going to screw it up, but it was either unemployed or gave everyone in town a garden plot. Because they needed a way for them to feed themselves. Wasn't that good? Like, like Trudeau dishing out money. Hey? It's di- well, I, I, that's <laughs> you know when you think about it. That's it, it. Sounds like a long time ago because yeah. it's a hundred years, right? Yeah. Hundred years sounds like an awful long time, but realistically, that's one person's lifetime. That's what they. That's yeah. the difference they've seen. Well, mm-hmm. they've seen. Summer, you pick berries just like everything. Well, one of my fondest memories growing up was Grandma would take us out uh, Saskatoon berry picking. Yeah. We'd pick pale was, and pale and pale. Yeah, my mom was a great berry picker. Now, I was terrible. I didn't like berry picking very well. I liked eating them. Yeah, that's what... They used to go up to old Bill Lindsay's there in the hills there, picking them all the time. Well, you wouldn't be that far from there. No? No. I, it's funny because now, you know, uh, we rely so much on that grocery store to be fully stocked and to have everything. And because you, like, in my lifetime, we used to, well, mom still does, uh, still does, uh, raspberry jam and things like that. Yeah. And 
picks tons of raspberries and freezes them picks tons of everything and freezes them so i still remember doing that but my kids you know unless you teach them that will never no i mean unless things go sideways we'll never have to worry about that because now you get strawberries year-round you get raspberries year-round you get anything year-round what were some of the things that you were uh come summertime maybe was there a special treat or a special um fruit or food that came into the grocery store that only came in a certain part of the year that you were like excited to have one i can remember quite quick is pineapple you think that was quite a treat um mom had raspberries and she had strawberries and she picked everything uh, and made jam and fruit and then once the freezer she froze it and that was easier too and better one of the biz- biggest things for the ladies i think come out in the power was deep freezes get away from your ice house and all that i mean it sure helped well now you're not chopping ice all winter long yeah it was that that had to have been hard work wasn't that bad we had an ice saw and you sawed blocks of ice like yeah then you stacked them in the ice house yeah i used to kind of enjoy that especially when we dropped the truck through the water <laughs> you dropped a truck through the water yeah anybody get hurt no no it was only about four feet deep of water but yeah it was a headache to get it out though how did you get it out did you uh, a tractor to come well, in? We had to unload the ice for to start with. <laughs> <laughs> it was the back of it was full of ice. Yeah. And then get a pole and blocks and lifted it up and la- leveled it so we could drive it off. Hey. Eh? How cold you and wet? Pull it with the tractor because you drag it against the ice. Like. Yeah. So you had to lift it up so that it would get out of the water and then pull it back. Yeah. How? So you were in the water then? Yeah, it was. It was a little chilly. Yeah. I was. That was before my time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we've talked. Uh, I was about 10, I guess. We, we've talked quite a while now, and I haven't brought up cattle, or I haven't really brought up cattle. Um, you're known for your purebred. Was that always was that a family thing or was that a conscious choice at, at some point? No, that was pretty well my own choice. At the limousine. Yeah, limousine. Started out when I started. Dad was commercial, like had diff, two different breeds. But uh, then uh, when I got involved in the farm when I was sixteen, I started with Angus, and I got to built the herd up to one hundred and twenty head of commercial. And then I sold them a hundred and bought ten limousine cows with the money. Everybody thought I was crazy, even the banker. So why did you do it? Oh, I just oh got a for each calf, part limousine calf, and it done so good that kind of turned me on the limousine. Well, that was in seventy three. Yeah, that was late. Like I'm so, building this up. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody. Everybody thought you were crazy for doing it. Well, when I sold a hundred cows and bought ten limousine. 
I thought we were going to go broke. That's what yeah. you thought he was crazy too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said I don't know how we were going to do it. We've got four cows and we had forty. <laughs> but the gamble paid off. Yeah. Yeah, it sure has. The last three years, we've won a truck each year for the best bull and female yeah. in Edmonton. And now the grandsons have gone into Aberdeen Angus again. And they got themselves about 60 head of purebreds. So that's working out real good. Why purebred? Was there, was there other than just how well it did, was there anything else that attracted you or... Was it something, you know, growing up you thought, I don't know gee, I, we should get into that? I don't know whether I was lucky or what, but in the limousine, the purebred just seemed to, like you'd double or triple the money per animal. Like. Yeah. So it kind of turned John. Yeah. And I always, was my life was cattle. Like, I just grew up with cattle. Like, started showing cattle when I was 12 years old. Yeah. So there was never anything else for you, you don't think? It was, it was when you were in school, you're like, I'm going to be a farmer. I'm going to be a cattleman. Yeah. Yes, he wasn't a scholar. <laughs> no. <laughs> I got out of school as soon as I could. Did you graduate? No. What grades did you go to? Seven. Seven? Mona, what did you go to? She went through school. I graduated. You graduated? And then I went to Miller's, uh, I can't think of what they called it, but it was before... Business college, Business wasn't it? college. In Lloyd here? In Lloyd. Yeah. And then I got married. <laughs> <laughs> then I got married. Then I started taking care of six children. What, what uh, Mona, growing up, what did you want to do? Oh, I was going to be a nurse for a long while, and that took four years, and I thought, we can't wait four years before we get married. I didn't want to lose them. Love does strange things to you. It certainly does. So we. Th I got scatterbrain right now. I'm now I'm popping back to this. With six children in a two-bedroom house, if you just needed some time to yourselves to just do whatever, how yeah. did you get away from six children? Did you have a babysitter? Could you get a babysitter? Oh, they'd go to school. We'd had them. They went to bed at nine o'clock. Eh? Yeah. Eight o'clock. Eight, eight, even some of yeah. them. So and then, my, and then my kids went to bed. None of that running back and forth. They were very good that way. I guess I was pretty grumpy, but I, I don't think I hurt them. <laughs> then we'd visit after that or play a game of cards between us. Yeah. Pass the time. Go to bed about eleven o'clock. Get the eleven o'clock news, and then go to bed. Then we went, we went bowling once a week for a couple of years. And what, the neighbor boy, as long as I had them in bed, he would come down and sit for an hour for 50 cents or two hours because of time you get in there and get out and get back. Yeah. It was really reasonable and very kind of him. And just sit with them till and then Bernie'd run him home or if he hadn't a vehicle or... You couldn't really did. leave six of them alone because they're all brothers and they all thought they were the boss. <coughs> Mom said, I'm boss tonight, so 
the bigger ones would say, no, you're not, you little turkey. <laughs> that wasn't their words either. <laughs> oh, dear. Greg was very good, though. He helped me a lot. That was actually the only entertainment we did once a week was come in and bowl three games and for something to do. I'd come in once a week and buy my groceries from Matheson's. Okay. And I could leave two kids in the in the car right outside the door so I could see them practically. And then two could come in and then maybe two would stay with his mom. So nobody got hurt too much. <laughs> Till you look out the window and, yeah, I couldn't hold it, Mom. I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Nowadays, it would be a... <laughs> yeah, you couldn't do that anymore, could no, you? No, no. George Matheson was very good to me. He was he awful would, good to you. He would let me run out and tell them something. I'd buy. They'd get a treat, too, if they were good. And, like, treats weren't very plentiful when you had to buy six things of them. Six of them. The old treat thing seems to work even now these days with children. Yeah. Well, back in those days, did your mother uh, buy in Green Streets? No, Hillmont? We had the Hillmont store, but I believe, well, no, Mom always went to Lloyd and got everything. If we needed some milk or eggs, we'd go to the Hillmont store. But there wasn't a whole lot by the time I was, well, in my memory, there wasn't a whole lot. Uh, there was... Uh, in Green Street, by the time I can remember, there was uh, the auto body shop is where we'd go to get some trucks fixed and right. minor minor things. Everything else was Lloyd. Yeah. Hmm. And once I went to school, I could go, like, didn't have so many to take with me. But now, I, if I bought that, that box of groceries... It would cost me double, three times the amount. You know what you pay now for the groceries. Well, the last two months, groceries have gone terrible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we we discussed cattle a little bit, and I've kind of been hopping all over the place on you. I apologize for that. My brain, I don't know what's up with it today, but uh, you worked in uh, Lloyd X for 37 years. Yeah, I, I, I worked the first two years, got paid, and after 35 years, I volunteered. And then for 35 years, you volunteered. Yeah. What What is it about the Lloyd X? And I, I, I don't know, I've lost count on how many people uh, now that I've sat with have been people inducted in the Hall of Fame or uh, worked there. What is it about the Lloyd X that keeps people, like 35 years, 37 years, two years, work? it's a long time. Yeah. What what was it about the Lloyd X? Well, it was, it was first of all, there was twenty four directors, eh? And if you, it was a good group of directors, you got along good, and that helped. Sure, you know, made a difference. And there was so many committees; there was always something a little different. You could get on a different committee next year, like, and that. Yeah. Well, you could sure tell the ones that got on there that didn't enjoy it, and they got off the next year. Not only did Byrne do that, though, he, in the other bit of his spare time, he was uh, running the community center 
they, when they took the bus away, then they put Greenwood into a community center and had to make money for that. And he worked the bingos in Lloyd all the time mm-hmm. for money. And so he was always involved. He belonged to the Elks and he won the Lions Award that one year because but so I wonder the way I went, time I was away is wonder we had six children. Because <laughs> 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 I was away a lot of time. And then he took the Canadian. He had to go on Limerson, and he had to go away for a week at a time. Good, you didn't hear that. <laughs> oh well, it was all worthwhile. That was interesting on the Canadian limousine with the cattle. So what? what, what I when held you say, sales. So where did you have to go for that? Regina. Okay. Or Calgary for Alberta. They get to either place. They said we could go in to Alberta because we were right on the border. Okay. And it was so far to go to uh, in Saskatchewan. They were kind of slow. Saskatchewan was in catching on. They weren't really many members. Well, in Alberta, we had more people with big money. Yeah. And it was, went, they went over faster. Like. There was a lot of money spent in those days on cattle. We didn't have no free time in the summer because we were doing that. Summer shows and that. And the fall is terrible. Some years we took in 12 shows. Exhibitions. Do you still get uh, all the shows? Some of the shows? Myself. I haven't the last year. Do you, do you miss that? I do, yeah. He wishes he could get there in a day and come home. They're getting so big now, so much walking like Edmonton and Regina. That his health doesn't allow him to out. enjoy them the same. He's too played out. That's why we're not a good good thing to give you a a good interview because we're old and forgotten. <laughs> I, I I think it's fantastic. You've given me plenty. I I'm thoroughly enjoying myself, so I don't think you have to worry about me one iota. <laughs> mm, that's good. I have to ask uh, uh, Bernie about uh, selling milk around town. I was talking to your couple of your sons. And uh, something about with an uncle, you go around Lloyd selling milk. <laughs> yeah, just uh, up by the big husky building, a block this way. Okay. That's where he lived, and he milked cows there. On the outskirts of Lloyd? No, right in Lloyd. Milk cows right in Lloyd. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it'd be a block and a half west of A&W. Okay. Right on the highway. Right. Yeah. So he'd have milk cows there? Yeah. Milk them? Yeah, and take them out and pasture them right across the highway from Husky. And then where we? And then you were his hired help? Come in and help me sell some milk? Twelve no, years old. I was his spoiled brat. He had no children. <laughs> <laughs> I had half of my life when I was young. I grew up, oh, not a half, a quarter. I grew up with him. Go live there for the summer, you mean? Yeah. Holidays, I'd go into the, for the summer, yeah. 
and a little carton like that with uh, six jars of milk in. Okay. You'd walk around, pedal that around town. And how much would you sell one of those for? Two bit, 25 cents. Have any issues selling them? Pardon? Did you have any issues selling them? Or did, did they go like hotcakes? Did oh, they yeah. Just... You had your customers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same customers all the time. And then he was also the delivery guy in Lloyd. Delivered all the fruit and that food around town to the stores. Okay. Cafes. Team of horses in the flat dray wagon. That was, you know, I always enjoyed that. That was what I looked forward for my summer holidays. <laughs> and then he got killed, uh, gassed in 56. No, no, sorry, 40, 45. Yeah. Just two miles north of town in a garage. They were starting a tractor and the door blew shut. So that was the end of that. Starting a tractor and the door blew shut. And what happened? He got gas, the gas fumes. Yeah. The tractor backfiring trying to start like. And they both got gassed. That quick? Yeah. That quick off of a tractor just trying to fire up? Yeah. He was on the seat. He died right on the seat, never even got off it. And the fella cranking the tractor, he got to the door but never got out. That so it's that quick like you say. Holy man. So there had to be quite a few gas fumes, you know. Absolutely. Forty six. Forty five. You're only nine years old. Yeah. Ten years old. Yeah. How about uh, the red wattle pigs? Oh, yeah. That I thought was a joke. <laughs> that all happened. I was the president at the time of the exhibition. And Closer Ray to Nelson the mic. And his wife. <laughs> and Don Mazinkowski and his wife, we had supper together. We were around touring the exhibition, and here we come across these two red wattles on display. And Marie says, you know, I'd sure like to get into them. And I thought, you? And, uh, of course, Ray, he liked money, eh? So we got talking, and the women, I forget how much they give me. I think they give me $10,000 each. And that night, they decided to be my partners, the two women. Started buying red wattles, went down to Minnesota and all over hell. You you, tro you you drove down to Minnesota to look at red wattle pigs? Well, actually, I was in Ontario at a cattle sale, and I flew over there and met a fellow from <laughs> up north. He likes money, too, both of the three of them. But, you know, that was something that was, they didn't have big litters. They had about between four and six. But when the first little one would come, you'd say, there's a thousand bucks. Next one, thousand. Every five minutes, thousand bucks. <laughs> Mark and Scott were just little boys, and he he peddled them so much BS that uh, he had them looking after them and staying up all night with them. And <laughs> you didn't want to lose them, and they sold like hotcakes. I never put one ad in the paper. 
So then, make a story short, the Alberta government sent me down to Texas to promote Alberta beef. So uh, Al Airdrie, I don't know if you heard of him. He went, I took him for just a friend. And one day I bored, uh, asked the guy, one guy if I could borrow his car, go out to the jungle where these pigs were supposed to be. So he gets out there and here all they're living on is just roots, no green at all. That's why they were known for no fat, eh? So once we fed them grain here, they're no different than our pigs, eh? So I couldn't get home quick enough to get out of them. But I sure couldn't get over. I had two brothers come, one behind the other, about five minutes. And here they're fighting in the pen, who's going to get which pigs? <laughs> yeah. And they came out of that all right, too. Marie and... Uh, Lorene. Lorene? Lorene. Yeah, Lorene. I guess the Madison Coast Keys are not feeling that good anymore. Couldn't have better two partners for two ladies. They never bought, as long as they got the money, that's all they worried about. <laughs> I just laughed at him. <laughs> oh, dear. He had to clean up his act, though, to go around with those ladies. <laughs> and you know, people are funny. With them two as partners, like both very well off, people used to think if they're in them, we better get in them, you know. <laughs> yeah. If you could go back to your 20-year-old selves and... Take a time machine. You get to go back and, and talk to your 20-year-old self. Is there any piece of advice you'd give them? Well, I think what we went through, the big thing is I, what I'm doing right now is advise them not to go too far in debt. So I think we haven't seen the worst of it yet. Hate to say it, but... No, it certainly feels like it's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. How about you, Mona? Yeah, but don't, I don't like going in debt. Was there any ever any tough years where you were in debt and had the creditor calling? No, we, no. we were very careful. Like I say, we all pretty near lost the farm twice. For, and that's one reason today I used to rent land instead of buying it. And now I'm kind of kicking myself. I should have been buying some more of my land. Then it was, you know, cheap. Eh? Cheap, yeah. But you didn't know it was going to turn out like this. Like, if no. we, we could have had quite a bit more land if we didn't know how things are going. We've had some really good years. Yeah. Our kids have a good chance of, if they don't go wild. But when things come easy, they go easy. In your lifetime, is there an event that sticks out that is like you couldn't believe happened? Or surprised you? I guess winning these trucks would be one of the biggest surprises. 
We hoped that one day we would win a truck. You know, we, we came close three or four years, maybe more, of it's a, that somebody would, one of the boys would win. And then actually Burns with help them, them but they got, they got the trucks. So Burn went and bought a truck just before they won one, so he didn't get a chance to get it. Boys needed a truck. <laughs> How about what's the what's the biggest achievement in your life? Do you think if you look back, is there something that sticks out that way? The bingo. The bingo. Yeah. The exhibition board. They didn't want me to get involved in gambling. So we had a couple of religious ones on there. Okay. Anyway, we did, and, uh, oh, I can't say for sure, but we made over $200,000 running bingos. And the Greenwood Community Center, we built the hall of the bingos. So that'd have to be two of my big, that turned out very well. Yeah. We're very lucky that went off so good because people volunteered to help and we had no problems, no arguments and fights that were worth counting. I guess they'd been a, the odd disagreement, but we'd never have had that nice hall at the school if we hadn't had that. Yeah. I think a lot of areas like Hillmont Done good out of bingo too, I think. It was good for the area. Well, I think uh, when you look at smaller centers, you got a lot of people who put a lot of hours into volunteering and finding ways to drum up some money so that you can do community projects. Very true. And that's very cool to have, uh, well, yourselves and everybody who's come before you, and I'm sure to come after you with these archive interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, you come from a time where everybody or at least it feels like a lot of people put a lot of hours into community projects because back then Lloyd was pretty small. Yeah. How, how big would a Lloyd been when you were first married and coming in and getting well, when groceries? When I was delivering that milk, that was when I was about 10. Yeah. I think it was around 2,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy to see how big it's got oh. then. Yeah. Even the last 10 years, the building got crazy there. Yeah. Well, since our parents have passed away, we we just say, my gosh, they would have a bird now trying to drive in Lloydminster. <laughs> yeah. How much is the city now? Oh, I was going to say just over 30, but I think that was with surrounding, maybe a little bit of the surrounding area. I'm actually not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. It's it's definitely, well, I mean, since I was a kid, I remember there being really nothing past uh, the old Nelson Lumber, and now you got all the way out to Walmart and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. And like going north, we're out to the two mile road already. Yeah. 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 
slow going north, hasn't it? Speed it up the last couple East and west on the highway, I guess. Yeah. Well, I don't want to hold you here the rest of the afternoon. Is there anything else that you'd like to... I mean, I've picked your brains about a lot of things, and some things a little bit more than the other. Is there anything that I've maybe skipped over that... uh, Maybe, is there any lessons that you learned growing up that, that uh, you know, were memorable? I think so. There's probably times I wish I'd have got more schooling when I got involved in these big Organize like in the Canadian limousine. I could have used more education in that. Yeah. But it's surprising what you learn after school too. In these different groups, as long as you like, I like it and take an interest in it. You can learn quite a bit, but it can be slow otherwise. Yeah. Unless what? you can think of something, Mom. No, I just... I'd like to see families stick together and keep some old-fashioned ideas. Christmas and that. Have you got a bathroom here? You betcha. Why don't we leave it there anyways? Well, I thank you guys for coming in and, and, and sharing a bit about your life. It's been really good. I enjoyed talking to you. Hey, folks. Thanks for joining us today. If you just stumbled on the show, please click subscribe. Then scroll to the bottom and rate and leave a review. I promise it helps. Remember, every Monday and Wednesday, we will have a new guest sitting down to share their story. The Sean Newman Podcast is available for free on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcast fix. Until next time. Hey, Keeners, thanks for tuning in to today's archive episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, look forward to uh, Friday as well. We got another one coming out, three in a week. It wasn't exactly how I had it planned, but um, we got one about fantasy hockey coming up here on Friday, and just time sensitive, so we're going to l- release a third one out. I know uh, if you guys are listening this long, you're probably excited for another one to come out and if you're the champ and got your feet up on the desk get back to work we'll see you guys friday all right until then